There you go. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to the same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Who thought they'd lead you back <laughs> where they need you? Yeah, we teased him a lot because we got him on the spot. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, Gio, do you know that song? I have no idea what that song is. You have no idea what that song is. It's about... I know, I know that um, Mace used it on his Mace song. Used it. Yeah, he uh, he sampled it and <laughs> used it on his song. Okay. So I know that much. Have you heard of the sitcom Welcome Back, Connor? Uh, not. No. At the pleasure. All right. Brad, Start you want to inform him about Welcome Back, Cotter? Start the intro. Let's go. Welcome back. <laughs> To goals and boards. As always, I am your Geo. With me, we are all back. The band is back together. It is Mr. Brad Crosley, Mr. Phil Levanto. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? What's up? What's you know, up prima Madonna form. I, I showed up four minutes before the airing. That's all you need, Phil. You don't need any prep. I don't. I mean, prep. What is You're that? You're professional. About? Professional. Come on now. So, before we dive into everything, I do want to remind everyone, if you are new to the show or you are returning for the show and aren't subscribed, what are you doing? Make sure you're subscribed. Hit that bell icon. Hit that like button. Drop a comment and share this thing. Share, 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 share. And if you are subscribed, thank you. You're fantastic. And for those listening to us the following day on whatever platform you get your podcast rate us follow us share as well we love sharing so everyone the band is together today we are going to do a little bit of reactions from this weekend do a little bit of news from the league and then we'll dive into a look ahead because thursday i'm trying to plan something fun that's not going to be your typical this might be a little bit of an interview just a little little sneak peek i'm just trying to make sure i get the guest <laughs> If not, that would help. Failed. Good sell, Gio. I'm putting it on me. I'm putting it on me. But fear, fear not. Let's dive into <laughs> this weekend. Well, first, Brad, how was the trip? It was amazing. Uh, we had a great time. Obviously, uh, visited some some of our favorite places, and now I'm back to you know 35 degree Baltimore. How much? arena soccer did you consume while you were cruising through the Caribbean islands? So obviously I watched all of both of the Baltimore games, obviously, obviously. Yes. Other than that, very sparse. 
Okay. Okay. Do we need like a uh, TLDR for the last couple of weeks? Um, I mean, I kept up with things. I just didn't okay. watch full games. Okay. Geo's uh, bald now. I am bald. I, I see that. I see yeah. that. We're going. That was, that's part of it. Going for the. You're the only one now with hair. Well, yeah, I won't be going that yeah. short, guys. It's all the rage among pundits of the major arena soccer league to not have any I, hair. I, I do have to keep it trim for certain okay. reasons, but not quite that trim. Baltimore, as you know, sort of, you know, resurrected their playoff hopes while you were cruising around. So if, you know, we've got someone to blame if the season takes another downturn. Um <laughs> Tacoma oh, whined a lot. Tacoma whined a lot while you were gone. Um, you know, very it's angry. Funny, it's funny you say that. I had so many messages from people saying, "Did you watch the last five minutes of this game?" And to this day, I still have not watched the last five minutes of that game. So I need you to. need to set aside like an hour and a half to watch the last five minutes. Um, let's see what else. Kansas City still has not won a game since you went on a cruise. You know, that's that, actually a good place to start. That's kind of where I, like I want to start. Purpose. Segway. <laughs> so the first the first thing I want to talk about as a reaction to this weekend is Kansas City continues to spiral, is on a seven-game winning streak. Yes, that includes overtime. So don't get at me just because the stats on MASL.com say otherwise. Or MASLsoccer.com say otherwise. So Kansas City is on a seven-game losing streak. This weekend, they faced Baltimore, gave hopes, revived the blast, and then went to St. Louis and lost in overtime. I would like to start with the Baltimore game because that is probably one of the few games that Brad will actually speak to. <laughs> it was a good game, too. It it was was a- and considering where everyone is yeah. now in the playoff race and playoff picture, it it, it, it it's going to be pivotal for sure. Yeah, it, it was a great game uh, for sure. I thought it was definitely Baltimore's most complete game of the season. And for at least as, as far as a, a Baltimore fan goes, if you really watch the game, it's pretty interesting because they, kind of, they came out with a totally different game plan, right? Um, there wasn't really any building out of the back and trying to move the ball. It was – High pressure, dump the ball into the corners, put them under pressure, then get possession, shoot, shoot, same thing, dump it in the corner. So, and it worked. Um, again, I thought it was their their most complete game of the season, and it was obviously a huge game because they're sitting below Kansas City, and yeah, Kansas City's giving them hope for sure. <laughs> that, that that is for sure. It's important to note here, and, and I did not catch this until Alex told me when we did MASL Monday, Baltimore's three games on hand yes. against Kansas City. So very pivotal for the tiebreakers because Baltimore's schedule is a little bit lighter than Kansas City's sort of upcoming schedule. So while initially I thought, you know, they were sort of playoff live stuff this weekend, Baltimore's three games at hand are going to prove to be, you know, important games as we get further along in the season. 
I agree. And, you know, with some things that have occurred just today from uh, Baltimore and then some things that Gio and I just talked about before we went on air as far as uh, some players that are going to be missing. Which we'll get into. Which we'll get into. It, it could play in part to some teams here this weekend. Yeah, so you mentioned Baltimore has three games in hand. The team that's also biting at Kansas City's heels, which a little bit a little bit steeper of a, of a climb because they are 15 games with, evened up with Kansas City is St. Louis, which is only one point behind Baltimore. But they did take the overtime victory against Kansas City. How much did this win mean to them or for their run, potential run? For St. Louis? Yeah. Well, I think it was a huge win to sort of finally beat Kansas City, right? This is the first time this season, maybe last year too. I can't remember. Um, but it's it's the first time in a long time they've beaten Kansas City. I'll have to go back and do some research there. And the last time St. Louis won for sure. Um, I think it's more playing spoiler right now to um, – their rivals, for sure. That first half, Kansas City really controlled it, and St. Louis sort of chipped away, chipped away, fight, belief, chipped away at a goal. Will Eske was huge, sort of leading yeah. the charge. Uh, the, the goal he scored within the last, what, 30 seconds of the third quarter, I, I really think broke Kansas City's back because they're I, – I, I hate to do this. I talk about it a lot on Monday. Their body language was bad. Their body language was real bad that second half. And I think when you're just sort of in the stretch, and, and I, I think those three games in Mexico and the gauntlet they were on has sort of proved to be a very difficult hangover to recover from. You know, a lot of it right now is mental for Kansas. Yeah. You you could even you could see it in the Baltimore game as well, I thought. Yeah, and they yeah. – they, they flipped goalies at halftime too, um, yeah. you know, to try to stabilize uh, the game. I thought Neto came in and was great and did exactly what they needed to do. But, you know, Baltimore played great and and really shut down Kansas City. Didn't really give them a sniff. They got close. Didn't really give them a sniff in that second half. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I got to give it to St. Louis because they definitely haven't thrown in the towel yet, right? I mean, they made a big yeah. trade with Baltimore. They brought – Rafa Arugio over, and then he has a hat trick the first game he, he plays with the ambush. So they definitely haven't thrown in the towel, but I do kind of agree with you, Phil, you know, that they don't have those three games in hand, right? They're they're even with Kansas City. So they're they're much more of a steep climb uh, climb to to kind of catch up there. Because obviously they got to get above Baltimore and Kansas City um, with the same amount of games played as Kansas City. But that being said, I'm giving them all the credit in the world. Like I said, they're not giving up. They're still making moves. They're still playing hard. And it's always great to beat a rival, right? And, and that's what yeah. they got to do. Yeah, it was a get-right weekend for St. Louis. Yeah, I was going to say, for those that didn't didn't watch this weekend, St. Louis first played Harrisburg on Friday, got a 10-3 win, then turned around and went home. Well, actually, they stayed home and hosted Kansas City, which is where they got that overtime win. Uh, so it was a get-right weekend for St. Louis. If they keep this form, though, I mean, questions should be asked because I've always said it. They, well, I shouldn't say always said it. I started to say it um, that they can play, but we'll we'll see we'll see how much they really can play. 
and Rafa Araujo had a huge that hat trick. Araujo. Yeah. Oh sure. Let's let's go with that pronunciation. Portuguese. Portuguese. They it's still the pronounce Spanish pronunciation. The, the J with a A. Okay. Yeah, um Portuguese. So it's you know, he had I don't know if it's you know St. Louis was the right place for him or it was just he wasn't clicking with Baltimore, but he definitely had good a good performance that that uh the Harrisburg Heat game. Uh on the other side, Baltimore goes to Utica and Loses eight five. My guy, um, Nilton had such a game. Five five points or six points, five goals, one assist. Jeez, what a game! How how excited for for him are you, Phil? I am excited for the team because I think, and I'd love to hear Brad's thoughts on this too because he's been around the game a lot longer than I have. But I thought Utica won that game with its defense. It's much maligned sort of defense. And I think they're kind of putting the pieces together. The Kansas City win, the Harrisburg away victory as well. I think they're really starting to get into a rhythm defensively. Um, you know, I, I, I've been very wrong about Mo NDI's sort of acquisition. He's been fantastic for Utica. Uh, Nelly's been fantastic for Utica. Uh, Alves, who scored a goal, has been fantastic for Utica. Uh, Dylan Hundelt, who's now the captain uh, in Nate Bordeaux's absence because he's gone uh, with season-ending surgery. I, 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 he's been immense, and he was my defensive player of the week this week uh, in in voting. So, uh, you know, they've scored 116 goals uh, so far this year. Utica has, which is only behind Monterey in the standings, but. It's been the defense lately that's come together. I'd, I'd love to know your thoughts of the game. Um, because I, as as a Utica fan who was in the stands, I never really felt like Baltimore. They made it close, but they never put that pressure on Utica. Yeah, I mean, I thought – I actually thought the game was a little closer than the scoreline, right? There was two empty netters there at the end. Um, that being said, I do, I do agree with you some – Phil, in a, in a few things here, right? So first off, on Hundelt, um, I think he's been the unsung hero for Utica. I mean, the guy is just solid as a rock, right? Not a hair out of place, just goes about his business. It's good hair, too. Yeah, and and just shuts, shuts teams down. So I thought he's been fantastic. I think another note to this game was they won this game no Andrew Coughlin, right? Mm. Um, and um, – it, they seem to not miss a step when he's not in there because they got a they got a really solid backup. So I, I think that's important as well. Um, defensively, I do agree with you, you know, and we'll get into this a, li a little later with Baltimore. You know, they're not your high-flying scoring, you know, 10 goals a game team anyways. Um, but I still think they're – it's been better for Utica defensively. I still think there's some questions there, right? I mean, they have given up like uh, 83 goals um, on the season, but it has been better. So um, it was a good, good win for Utica. Obviously, they want to continue with the wins. Um, but I will be honest with you, as a Baltimore fan, I was not – obviously, you want to win the games, but I was not uh, – I'm trying to think what the word is. Um, 
I thought they played pretty well, uh, at, at least compared to the other games against Utica this season. Um, and that backed up with that Kansas City game. Um, I, I thought it was much better. But all, hats off. It was an encouraging it, performance. It was. It yeah. was. But hats off to Utica. They they uh, did what they needed to do. And, yeah, you know, Nelton was just off the hook. Yeah, for sure. He was so exciting to watch. I, I kind of want to transition over to East versus the West in Monterey taking a trip outward to the West Coast starting in Tacoma. We don't really have to talk about this one because this was a straight up just, you know, well, unless well, you want I, to. Can I – I, I want to – I think – a couple of things out of that Tacoma game. Um, Monterey didn't really have to take it out of second gear. Tacoma yes. sort of gave them the game. Um, it was, they were very sloppy. Monterey pressed them into a lot of turnovers high up the field that they deposited for goals very, very quickly and, and sort of really came through the game unscathed and really, you know, without much breaking of a sweat. Right. And that led into that empire game because the first one wasn't difficult and we know how terrible travel is in the league. So empire taxed Monterey for sure, but they didn't have all that wear and tear from the Tacoma game. Um, you know, that sort of proved to help them, I think, um, in that Sunday night game. And Nick Pereira's missed two shootout attempts in a row. He scored the penalty kick there, admittedly. But I, I think, you know, there have been very controversial those shootouts in Tacoma, as we've seen since Brad has been on a cruise. And um, I don't know. The comment section on Twitch was like, maybe there should be a another shootout kick taker. And I don't really disagree, at least just for the next really? one. Yeah. You know who I would like to see? I, I'm, this is probably a, a obvious answer, but I would like to see Jamal Cox on one of those. Well, that's who was sort of being touted in yeah. the Twitch chat. It, 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 if not, if not Jamal, maybe, I mean, Alex Caceres, maybe. I mean, I think Chris Chris Tolk should take him. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love oh, to see that. You know that would be that would be hilarious, very hilarious. But I think the the bigger game of Monterey's trip was that Empire Strikers game where they ended up winning. I timeout. Monterey won Tacoma five three, then went to Empire's and won eight four. I was a. Uh, I, I even think this victory was just not really getting out of too much of maybe second gear for Monterrey. Okay. Um, I, I think physically it was a tougher game. I think they were just, it was just, it was just, they were just being played harder, but I, I Monterrey just seemed comfortable on the ball. They just seemed comfortable on the defense when empires had the ball. I mean, yeah, the post saved them quite a few times. <laughs> um, but that was probably because they were too either relaxed or just making silly mistakes. But I, I don't think like like anytime they went on the offensive, it was like an opportunity they could have put one away. I, I just felt like it was just smooth for them this weekend. And it should be noted that again, the two shining stars for the Empire were Justin Stinson and Marco Fabian. Should be noted. And Miatovich is playing well too. The the three of them have sort of developed into a fine trio out in empire but we said this we've said this all season that it's going to be bumpy they're going to figure it out and then come april 
they're going to be close, but those playoff or or those early season sort of um, bumps are going to cost them the playoff spot. And I still believe that. If they picked up a couple of those games, I think they'd be really sweating out or giving Tacoma a run for the money just a little bit more. Yeah, and we're going to completely ignore San Diego this week because, again, they don't matter. They, they got a 6-5 win over Texas, which that was a good game. But I think the bigger game we were looking at was Chihuahua versus Texas. But we'll get into that in a second. And then the other game San Diego got was a 10-3 win over Dallas. Unless you guys really are dying to talk about that San Diego-Texas game, I would like I'm gonna to talk die. about it in the next segment. All right, there you go. Let's let's get into Chihuahua versus Outlaws. Does this game, me personally, I think so, yes. I'm going to answer right off the rip, yes. But does this game make Chihuahua the team to beat in the West? They've already beat San Diego. They clearly outclassed Texas for a second time. Is Are they the team to beat in the West? I think maybe we might have the answer after this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> right? How many times do they have to prove it, though? I'm still leaning soccers. I'm I am. Soccers. I, I'm as, I am as, as yeah. well. How they lost at home. Oh, for sure. But that was new coach smell, new keeper. You know, San Diego plays differently than most teams at corner sport they have a victory there on their resume um you know i i'm i'm gonna default to san diego until that game just because i think they're coming together too at the right time um and i think the defense is leading the way for san diego well and i think you also got to look at look chihuahua only has one game in hand on san diego and they're 14 points behind them. I mean, that that's that's a lot of that's a lot of ground to make up. Yeah, that's that that's fine. But again, those are what 15 points on um they lost to Monterrey. Yeah, but then there's they still lost them, you know, like no, I, I get that, I get yeah. that, but but you take that out, you were looking at Chihuahua versus San Diego in the final. Who are you putting your money on, or the Western Conference Final? I should say, before any before anyone jumps on me and say, "What are you talking about, Ron Newman?" Uh, in the Western Conference Final, who are you taking? I'm I'm putting my money on Chihuahua because they haven't lost to anybody in the West. San Diego. That's I, fair. Yeah, as much as it pains me, I gotta say San Diego as well. Well, well hopefully. We will reconvene this weekend, and yeah. you will have changed minds. But we'll no, talk but it's a, a little... it's a great question because we've said on this show a thousand times, Chihuahua is super hard to analyze and critique because they've only lost, you know, to Monterey or you know, and it's like every time that they sort of get out of that environment, they look very, very dominant. But they put and they left so many points on the table against them. That yeah. they're difficult to analyze, and and San Diego, yes, that was a very shocking sort of result that game against Chihuahua. But I just I I, I think the factors that were going in play heading into that game, the travel for San Diego, they're going to love that one, right? The travel 
in San Diego. And Chihuahua's new coach, new goalkeeper, right? Sort of that extra bit of attention to detail um, to that game. I think it sort of was prime for Chihuahua to win. And but yeah, like I, I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough. It's a great question. There, it's a coin flip for sure. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be a very very compelling game this weekend down in Corner Sports. All right, before we move on to league news, I want to ask you both. And Brad, we understand you didn't watch every single game, so. We'll we'll start with Phil, then I'll go, and then and then then we'll we'll end with you because you might have some things to say about KC. Maybe not. Uh, what what or who had the best and who had the worst weekend for you, Phil? The best weekend for me, probably. I'm. I mean, it's the soccer's. I think. I think that's the easiest one. They kind of really took it to Texas on that Thursday night game. Their defense was outstanding. Um, With know. no part of, by the way, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the thing that I noticed the most about that Thursday night game was that Texas went six attacker super early, and San Diego still shut it down. They couldn't get it to Vinny Dantas. They didn't really threaten. They locked Luis Morales down for most of the game until the very end. The defensive performance was very, very impressive. The worst weekend was the outlaws because they had a show me weekend and they, they just didn't pass the test. Um, and now going into international duty for most of their good players, it's going to be difficult to sort of recover from a weekend that they were really geared up for, for sure. So to me, you know, it's easy to say Kansas city because they lost both of them. But in, in reality, I think Texas had a worst weekend. Yeah, I think I'm going to start with my worst, and I'm going to agree with you. I mean, they as you said, they didn't show me. So <laughs> we were talking about Texas being a team that can compete with the best in the West, and they didn't. They, yeah. I got outplayed by Chihuahua, and then before that, they, they lost to San Diego. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Texas as the worst of the weekend. Close second by Kansas City because they're in an absolute downfall. And for me – Best weekend is a straight shout, St. Louis, St. Louis, because I think those were moral victories. They just wanted to show people they could play. Um, some of their players really showing out that they needed to show out, probably huge confidence boosters. But this is the first time they got your wins in a weekend, and both at home in very good crowds. So, shouts out to you, St. Louis. What did you think about? Let's talk about my favorite team to talk about for half a second. What, Gio, what do you make of that Milwaukee game in Harris? <laughs> to be honest, um, this going six attacker for almost like I think Brad said in the chat, like almost 20 minutes was, it was for me, it was masterclass. It was masterclass. Like, I, I, even with the lead, they're like, it, screw it, man. We're, we're staying like Harrisburg. We don't care about you, man. We're, we're sticking with it. It was it was a fantastic call. I mean, I think I think the coach won that game versus the players winning that game just with the decision of going and staying in six attacker even after they got the lead. Um I thought I thought um it was pretty shocking to see them down after three quarters. The first time Harrisburg had a lead after three quarters all season. And you're right, they sort of 
you know, really just said enough of this um, and, and kind of put them to the sword uh, with some good goals too, some good attacker play. Um, who do you think enjoyed that win more, uh, uh, Willie B or Ian Bennett? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say. probably liked it more because he didn't have to play half the game. Yeah. Well, it's true. <laughs> Willie to get the fourth quarter off. But he was probably on the bench going, hell no, we ain't losing here. Oh, yeah. So let, oh, yeah. Ask, oh, yeah. Ask, I think ask, Willie B enjoyed it. Let, let me ask you two guys this. Um, so they stick with the sixth attacker, even with the lead. I love it. Do you think that's disrespectful to Harrisburg? No, I think that's fantastic. I think that's I, I think I think if more coaches I, I know I'm very like I did when it comes to six attackers, sometimes I really don't agree when the coaches do it, and sometimes I really wish coaches would do it. But I respect them going and staying in the six attacker, even though they were in the lead. I think more coaches should probably do something like that because some of these teams can't play out of under pressure. Some of these teams can't. <laughs> no, don't do me like that. Some of these, some of these teams just need that. Pre like once they're put under pressure, they can't come out of the back. They're stuck there. I mean, we've seen it happen to Baltimore and it's happened to Baltimore with five players. On the happened field, to so. Texas against Monterey earlier in the year. Once you exactly. get into that defensive shell and the game finally changes, you it's hard to flip back. Phil, I'd love to get your point on this because in I don't know, in my mind, this says Harrisburg, you guys got nothing. We're yeah. not scared of you. Yeah. And we're just gonna keep on pounding it in there. So usually I like to take the stance in these situations of this is professional sports. If you don't like it, stop it. And that's kind of where I sit in this one too, right? It was a little bit, I, I think they, um, I think they wanted to send a message towards the end of that game. And I think Jules wanted to send a message probably to his team after, you know, the end of that game too, using Harrisburg as a punching bag too. Cause I don't know if you saw, you saw the quote from Ian after the game, right? saying, ah, eh, we probably took them lightly. Like, eh, you know? Now that like, I think he's sending a message to his team to sort of, you know, give a little wake-up juice there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. No, nothing more could be said. I, I think just they needed to do the what jerseys they jerseys are sweet. I can say that. Dude, I messaged them. I was like, how can I? I will want to buy one of those jerseys. I don't want to move off. Puff, how much for your jersey? But I want that. You know where to find jersey. me. <laughs> I can't own a Milwaukee Ways jersey. I was told I was told they only printed the ones that were played for, played with and they were um auctioned off at the end of the game. So good luck trying to get one of those, Phil. Uh, Huff, just send it. Just I'll bid it. It's fine. Uh, Brad, anything you want to say before we move on to league news? Yeah, I'm going to agree halfway with you, Gio. I'm going to say St. Louis had uh, the best weekend. I agree. They were great wins for St. Louis. Weekend. Again, a team that, you know, may be out of it, may not be out of it, but they're sure not sh playing like it. Like I said, still making moves, still playing hard. <laughs> Two great wins at home for them. So I think they had the best weekend. And worst, 
I'm sorry. I think Kansas City had the worst weekend. Um, two games that they probably, not probably, thought they should have won both, right? Two teams below them in the standings. Um, probably needed them to kind of get them out of this funk that they're in. And um, they lost both of them, and they continue on this spiral. So Kansas City is my team as having the worst weekend. So at what point, this is slightly mean, at what point do we you we start using the verb? At what point is Kansas City pulling an empire? Oh my! And you said I was going to be the one that said something ridiculous. That's not uh, ridiculous. It's facts. I'm using. I'm asking facts. No, I know, but you you you're just going to use empire as a verb right now. <laughs> well, and, so and here's the here's the thing with Kansas City too. I think. You know, on paper, they have – I think they had better talent than those Empire teams did, right? Oh, my God. Um, and it's kind of deja vu for Kansas City where they're kind of seeing their issues, and that's kind of defensively, right? I mean, they've given up 90 goals, yep. which is third worst. Um, And they thought they kind of shored that up with some signings this year, and it, it doesn't seem to be – going that way and i don't know about again i'd like to get your guys opinion on this as well what's been what what's your guys take on on the goalkeeping situation well i was i was enamored with uh philip uh Ejimanu until that baltimore game where I, I i don't think he had his best performance and then neto came in and really sort of settled things down um in that Baltimore one. So I'm probably leaning Neto right now, especially now in the slide. You just have to go with players that you trust. You're you're hearkening back to your 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 tried and true, right? You you need the guys you trust to give you a performance. You can't have the dippers anymore, right? You have to go back to the basics. And so I think Neto is is gonna be in net for a while now. Um See some of those goals against St. Louis, though. There's so much space in the back, and they're busted open. Um, you know, it's it's. So I think they have to go back to some basics here. Monterey just scored in the Concacaf Champions League. Um, so, so I think you know to answer your question, it's the old, uh, you know, British mentality, right? You have to just really sort of grind and. And, and, and just do the basics and, 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 you know, don't play out of yourself. That's, you just got to get back to basics and, and it's, it's a mind game from there. You know, the, the, I'm sure the, the, the mentals in Kansas city right now is not good. Yeah. Uh, so maybe this is me overanalyzing or maybe I'm just a little crazy, but uh, do we think, <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Could, do, yeah, could we, be fair. Yeah. Do, <laughs> all right. All right. I get it. Uh, do we think having Leo become more involved is affecting their offensive output? I think that's a large bridge without knowing what's going on there. Um, times are tough for sure, but I don't know if. I think I think that's unfair to Leo to kind of say what's happening is sitting on him. Um, I will ask the question though, 
what's the difference between his goal celebration um, this weekend and what Zach did in Florida when Zach got in trouble for his goal celebration? What are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> you know, what are we doing consistency, here? consistency is key. What are we, what are we doing? Here? Don't, don't, don't even go there with me when it comes to consistency, brother. What are we doing? Consistency is key, my friend. And Jack said there was no controversy this this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> there were, were just slight ones that got pushed under the rug. <laughs> All right, let's get get into league news. Uh, big news coming out of Baltimore. I, I think Brad is really excited for this one, and I am still on the fence on this one. But Baltimore signs Ricardo Diegues. How are we feeling about this, uh, Phil? Let's start with you because you're not the Baltimore Blast fan on this podcast. First off, congrats to Ricardo for becoming a dad. Yes. Like, that's amazing. So you've got dad strength coming your way now, too, (laughs) which Brad knows is a whole different level of strength. Yes. Um, He was in Utica for a season. It was my last year with Utica City. And um, he was as impressive as a player and a person as I was around on that team. He had an instant connection with Nate Bordeaux that sort of just contributed to a whole boatload of goals for Utica in a tough season, um, too. I would be super pumped if I was a Baltimore fan. I struggle to list more complete targets in the league um, on one hand than than Diegas. Uh, I'm I'm enamored with the player. I think he's he's a really, really excellent sort of acquisition for Baltimore. He's exactly what they need to, because we've talked about how sort of ordinary their offense can look at times and his creativity and scoring goals. He can hold it up. He can, he can pass with the best of them. He can finish from every angle. Uh, There's not many targets in this league that I would take over him. So I, I think, you know, Geo, if you have reservations, you probably shouldn't have any anymore. You should be ecstatic that he's coming to your team. Yeah, my reservations don't come from his performance. Um, it's more so question marks on how did they solve the visa issues? How, how is he going to play it, or is he just going to be? You know, those are the the reservations. Until I see him on the field, I I am just going to take it as like, hey. Is this real or is this just, you know, them trying to sign? I know what Brad's going to say, but I will shout him out. Um, In M2, he did perform very well for the Demon Hawks, and he had an outstanding goal output for them. I mean, sometimes he was putting, like, 10 goals in one game. So he 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 is a phenomenal player. When he came back. Yeah. He was a, he's He is a phenomenal player, and if he does actually suit up for Baltimore and keeps that form – I'm I'm excited about seeing him play. It's just my reservations. Am I going to get to see him play? Yeah, uh, massive signing for Baltimore, right? Massive signing. Um, let me just talk about before I get into him about some of the things that people think are the issues in Baltimore. Which, when another thing is actually really the issue, and that you know a lot of attention has been brought to them defensively. Um, on specifically their defenders, but also their goalkeeping. And 
that has not been their issue this year, right? Their issue has been scoring goals, right? Um, they need to put more goals in the net. And this is a, a leap forward in that in that quest. I mean, you're talking about a guy, 175 points, you know, uh, over 100, over 120 goals scored in the MASL. Um, prolific goal scorer, which is what Baltimore needs. Uh, it's for me, it's a great addition, right? He he also has played with Victor Pereira, has played with uh, Ricardinho Sabrera in Florida, so they're you know going to be on the same page. And this is um, a guy been around the league, a veteran guy, and and knows how to score. So um, does this solve all their issues? No, but again, defensively has not been their issue. Um, it is scoring goals. And this is, to me, um, a great, great signing for them. And I can't wait to see him out there scoring some goals. Man, I really want to play devil's advocate, Brad. Do it. And not, not, not for Ricardo, but just for the defensive comment. I mean, Baltimore has never been a team that puts out a lot of out goals, right? They, I mean, they, they'll get six, seven goals, but that's like max, right? They're never a team that's going to put double digits, or if they do sometimes, but very rarely. They've always been solid on the defense, and I think they tried to keep that men that mentality. And I think sometimes the defense is caught sleeping, and that's what's been leading to the problems. I I think I I do agree. They need more, like a Lucas Roque, right, where he was creative, he was able to make holes, find pockets where he could put a shot on on frame. I think Ricardo Diegas will. Could be that, or would be, will be that once he once he starts playing. I, I still don't like. Even if they are putting out goals, they're not the same defensive team that we once were like a hundred percent sure they're going to keep it under five goals against, right? At least, at least I think so. And I, I could be wrong. The goalie situation, I, I'm not really worried about that. I know there's still question marks around that, but I, I think defensively, sometimes they're caught. Flat-footed, they're caught sleeping. Well, I, look, I, I agree that I mean, obviously they're they're not perfect defensively, right? But I will say, if you look at their defensive output, right, it's it's not horrible, right? I mean, I know oh, they have I, some, I know they have some game games in hand, but they're second in the division in goals against, right? Um, and and um. Again, as as much maligned as I think the defense and the goalkeeping is getting, I, I don't think that's their big problem. It's putting the ball on the goal. Um, I, I think that's that right. is the issue. And I, this this is a great this is a great signing in, in in my book. I just hope he's if, not a fly. If you're a blast player. fan, you should be pumped. You should yeah. You should be pumped. I would agree. And the and the and the visa stuff, you know, it's kind of like let's let's we're looking in the weeds too much, man. It's like. We're just going to enjoy Rock Roman at WrestleMania. Let's not care how we got there. Let's just enjoy it, right? Look, my other thing is I hope he's not a fly-in player. That, that's my other hope. That's my other hope because we all know how I feel about those. Yeah, I know how you feel about those. Um, <laughs> real quick, though, kind of got going off the top of it, but we gave um, Diego's props for um, fatherhood. I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to our man Mike Diesel here in Baltimore. He just had twins. Wow. Nice. Double duty. 
<laughs> That'll keep anyone up at night. Holy heck. Yeah. Yeah. Log day. But so congratulations, congratulations to both congrats of them. Mike and, and his wife. So oh man. All right. Let's 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 move on to the other teams that have been and have been active on the transfer market, but in one specific, and you guys don't have to say anything to this, but I, I need to call. I can't wait to get your take on this, Gio. I can't, I can't even understand how Harrisburg can even function this way. Harrisburg announces a signing. Eric Moiser signed him on February the 3rd, released him on February the 5th. How can you even... I just, I, I really, I have no take. I just don't understand. You cannot pull stuff like this, man. If you're not going to play him, just release him or just don't sign him. Just don't sign him or don't announce it. <laughs> like, what are you doing, Harrisburg? Well, you got to be a little I, bit more professional than that. I, I think we can also sort of, maybe Eric didn't want to be there. That's fair, but come on. Come on. Why would you announce it? You guys got to agree on that before you start announcing stuff. It does not make the league look good. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to take on that, to be honest with you. You know. can't. You can't. Um, all right, let's move quickly. I just needed to get that off my chest. You got to do better, Harrisburg. You got to do Harris better than that, Harrisburg. All right, well, Dallas. They're, they're, they're just putting Pat Healy in the back now, and he's going to have 15 blocks a game. That's all that's going to happen. <laughs> Dallas. Probably had Dallas. 15 blocks against Milwaukee. So I have a question <laughs> for you, Phil, because I yeah. kind of talked to Brad about this, but Dallas announces two signings, Anthony Powell and uh, Brian Martinez. And then they released uh, Rio Ramirez, and I can't remember who the other player was that they released, but it was someone that's been on their roster, right? Flavio Guzman. Flavio. Thank you. Yeah. Flavio, that's who it was. And then and before that, they had – I think they had released – Fabio and then signed him again. So do you think this team just has too big of a roster and they just has players like signing in and out as they're rotating them? Because we've seen these names pop up throughout the season. They had signed and re released Anthony Powell as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do we do do you think they're just carrying a bigger roster at practice and they're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna rotate some of these players? Probably. I mean, I think Eddie has preached culture from the off season, right? And he's going to do whatever he can to get the culture right. So um, you're probably a little bit more cynical than me with these sort of uh, releases and signs. And quite frankly, you're paying attention to it a lot more than I am. Um, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I don't have a great answer, but I, I'm, I'm confident in two things. One, because he told me, um, culture sort of has been the big stressor for him uh, from the preseason on, you know, until the season started trying to fix whatever was wrong in Dallas to begin with. This season has not gone well for Dallas. So I imagine, you know, a lot of things are, are kind of not, um, you know, going right. And, and culture is the most important thing. Cause that's what else do you have? in a losing season if you don't have that. So, you know, I don't know. I, it's It's been a rough year for Dallas, to say yeah. the least. I don't think I, – I think what they're doing is proving how hard it is to rebuild and 
turn over a roster. Uh, Empire has done it better. Utica flipped over a roster. Uh, Baltimore's flipping over a roster too, right? It, it's it's difficult to do, and I think Dallas is kind of um, really struggling with trying to find the right pieces this year. Brad, anything you want to say before we talk about international duties? Yeah, I think, again, as Phil said, it was said early, you know, if you're not – I think if you're not on the Eddie train, then you're not – you're not on the. You're not going to be there, right? So, um, he's trying to find the the guys that are going to buy in, and um, yeah, I think that might be why we're kind of seeing the fluctuation in their roster. Yeah. Fluctuation in roster is the name of the game for this week, and international duties is another topic. The U.S. futsal team announces their international travels to Argentina, Buenos Aires, for starting, actually started yesterday, <laughs> the yeah. 5th. Well, if you follow Zach on Instagram, he's tweeted already uh, from yeah. Buenos Aires. Yeah. And they're going to be there to the 15th. So with that being said, Brad, can you enlighten all of our listeners on who from the MASL is on that roster? Yeah, nine players, nine players, right? So many, many teams affected, and obviously they're big-name guys. So, um, you know, Marcio from Milwaukee, um, Nilton and Tayu from Utica. Uh, let's see here. SK from St. Louis, Mendez, Ortiz, Morales from uh, Outlaws, uh, Rafa now with St. Louis as well, and then Zach from uh, Kansas City. So – Nine guys from MASL that will be out at minimum 10 days here. So, again, you know, Kansas City has a big game uh, on Friday. Not going to be without their leading scorer um, and as well as some other teams. So, uh, could be some some interesting scorelines maybe this weekend when it comes to the games. Yeah, I mean, there's some big names that are going to be missing, but it, it's it's only a few teams. So some of these teams that are playing this weekend and on the 15th or around the 15th need to take advantage of this. Uh, Phil, anything, any reaction from this before we move on to our look ahead? Yes, Texas is going to feel the pain the most um, with two massive games against Chihuahua and San Diego, you know, without – their three-headed monster it's it's that's a difficult ask um it's going to be interesting kansas city i think is probably next with who's affected the most by utica catches a break they don't play this weekend um so you know they sort of fall uh, you know in in the lucky column for sure um but uh, texas gets hammered um, you you mentioned futsal camp, but you got to mention beach as well. All um, right, true. Right. Pereira and Chris Toth and Canale. Um, Canale all missed Tacoma's game against Kansas City this weekend. One would imagine they're in Dubai, if if not by the you know not now by the time they're there. Um, and then uh, Carvalho from Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, Milwaukee. They. they yeah. You know, they're not playing this weekend, but, you know, World Cups being what they are, I don't expect him to play on the 16th against the ambush. 
Um, so I think Tacoma's feeling the pinch as well, as much as Texas, of international call-ups. But, you know, it's an honor to represent your country, so it's not like you can hold any of these against the players, especially the beach guys who are literally playing in a World Cup. Um, yeah, very You know, soon. you just hope that your roster, Tacoma especially, right, because they are uniquely built around one player. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they look like on Friday night in Kansas City. And the, the futsal camp is interesting to me too because it's interesting to me that it's 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 just a it's a it's a camp call up, but they're all all the way in Argentina to play some Argentinian club teams, um, you know, to kind of get them prepared for what's ahead. So I, I thought that was that was a bit interesting. Uh, and I, for some reason, this is escaping me. Luis Morales was injured on the San Diego game, right? Because he, was he hurt wasn't... this week. I don't. I don't think so. Did he, he not did... play against Chihuahua? No. Int- okay. And and so the only reason I know is because his nickname is Savoya, also known as Onion. And in the chat somebody was talking about it in Spanish and one of the announcers mentioned it that Luis Morales was not playing. And I was like, Oh, is he, did that injury actually mean something? Cause it was his knee. That was the injury. And we all know his history with that knee. So I'm hoping it's nothing serious and we will see him and maybe he is not going to be playing in the futsal camp and is just traveling, but I'll be curious to see what this weekend is looking like. All right, let's look ahead. Uh, we're just going to group these together because a lot of these are like back-to-backs or, you know, the same team facing different teams. Ch- Chihuahua is facing one and two of the West. Thoughts on this? They'll be playing Friday against San Diego, and then they'll be hosting the Outlaws on Saturday. Any thoughts on these two games? Chihuahua sweeping? Yes. Only acceptable answer? No. No, <laughs> I think they I think they split them. But we're gonna find out a lot about, you know. I mean, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna learn more. Maybe we're gonna be able to talk about this team properly after this weekend. They're just yeah. hard. They're hard to pin down. So uh, I'm guessing you guys are going with a split. I am going with a split with a caveat though that I just remembered. Um, no Pardo? No Pardo. Uh, the X-Man's played really well, but that's a whole yeah. different ball game down there, man. That's a whole different ball game. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think San Diego can score with them in corner sport. So, you know, I, I don't know. I've got my faith in the soccers on this one, the team of record. <laughs> Oh, don't you dare. Don't oh, you dare. Make me choke. Don't over. you dare, Phil. I'm gonna move on. I'm not gonna, I'm not <laughs> gonna bite. I'm not gonna pull. I'm not gonna bite. All right, let's move on to um I, I think they're gonna sweep, obviously. So no, nothing else needs to be said. Tavoy's here. having a hell of a year, too. Uh, let's give yes, him his props. He is, he is, and so is so is Charlie um Gonzalez. He's, he's having team in points, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's having a heck of a year. Uh, so then the other team that is going to be pulling a back-to-back is and a little bit of travel to the East, and that is one Empire Strikers. They will be playing Baltimore on Friday and then quickly making a dash over to Kansas City to get in and out before the Super Bowl to face the – or it's not – it's not. I know the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas. Relax. Um, to face Casey comments. Got there. <laughs> to face Casey comments, right? Uh, Casey comments. Uh, we can we can talk about that, but I think the more exciting one is Baltimore versus M- or Empire versus Baltimore because both of these are the teams that are hoping the f- one through four slip up and they can they could steal place. The outsiders looking in. At least that's what I think. Go ahead, Phil. I'll let you start on this one. The Marco Show rolls east. The Marco Arena Soccer League <laughs> lands in Baltimore. Ah, to me, it's interesting because you know the debate is always West versus East, right? Which is the better conference? And I happen to think I, I live on I live on the West side of this. I think the Western Conference has sort of sort of shown more talent. Um, this season, this will be the test of it, right? Because um, Baltimore's got its rematch against Empire, um, you know, so for they what be- they did out, you know, yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to be a really close game. That one, uh, TU Arena is the great equalizer. Um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the Empire fare on the on the tiny field, and then they have to turn. It's like turn around 24 hours later and go Kansas city, which is a massive field compared to so it's two completely different game profiles yeah. to playing Kansas city versus playing Baltimore. Um, but it's interesting. I've got, I've got Baltimore winning and I've, you know, what? if you push me, I've probably got empire winning against Casey. Wow. Wow. I think it's, I think it's an East coast sweep, but that's I, me. I do too. I, I, I agree with you, Gio. Um, yeah, Baltimore is, you know, rounding into form a little a little better recently. You know, really good game against Kansas City, a good outing against Utica. Who knows? Maybe Diego shows up and plays on Friday. That's what I'm hoping for. And Baltimore's getting the win. And then Brad, Empire's got back go. from vacation. <laughs> Do they, do they roll out the red carpet when you when you're there on Friday? Do you they get might. VIP entrance? I'm, welcome back, Phil. 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 Welcome I'm, back. I'm always I'm always VIP, but baby. Oh, okay. Um, black card. I will say. In. I will say. <laughs> I will say. The Marco Fabian show does have Marco Arena Soccer League because because I have a bunch of my Mexican buddies coming with me. I have a group of like Uh-oh. six there or seven. But you know that's out. to be fair that's kind of the deal, right? Like that's you know what what you get when you sign a player of his caliber and his profile, more people want to go to games. And hopefully yeah. your buddies will go to the game and and they'll stick around and they'll say, "Hey, you know, we you know Really like let's go back to another when do they play next? Oh, they play Utica on the 17th. I have no idea where Utica is, but I want to go watch that game. I'm hoping he yeah. walks out on that field and is like, What the hell is this? And like, it doesn't play. This? What is this field? You mean yeah, it's I'll... only that far? <laughs> I mean, 
that's probably the reaction he had when he oh he didn't play in corn sports yet, has he? No. I yeah. I so he doesn't have Mexico that. Yet. I don't think he's played yeah. in Mexico yet. No. He? Well, didn't he? Didn't they play month? No, Monterrey. Never mind. You're right. He hasn't played in Mexico yet. That's gonna be interesting. <laughs> That's gonna be well. I guarantee if he goes to visit Monterrey, they will find a way to make sure it's at Monterrey Arena because those ticket sales are going to be wild. Yeah. Um, all right. So then the the last pair is the Tacoma Stars facing their the KC Comets and then heading to the Family Arena to face St. Louis Ambush. Any any thoughts on this one? I I'll, I'll start because you all have started this one. I think Stars beat KC, but lose Ambush. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I think so. I mean, it's 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 less than a 24 um, window turnaround time. I think they have enough to pull enough goals for it to be one game, but not both games. Because <laughs> Nick's probably not going to be there. Or Toth. Yeah, um... Before Phil reminded me, <clears throat> excuse me, of the of the beach commitment, I was completely convinced Tacoma was beating Kansas City. Um, but that throws a little wrinkle in it for me. Um, it's, a, it's a large wrinkle. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 say. yeah, it's like yeah, you're gonna have to go to the dry cleaning for that wrinkle. It's yeah, it's uh, um, so. Is it is it in Kansas City or is it in Tacoma? Kansas City. It's Kansas City they're and doing then, the, then the family. they're doing the Missouri two step. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like I said, I was all for I was taking Tacoma one hundred percent, but um I gotta I'm gonna switch that up. I'm, uh, Kansas City's gonna win that game. Tacoma's going 0 2 this weekend. What? Yeah, oh, they're, said they're, missing, they're missing. Never mind. You said 0 2. You said 0 2, my bad. <laughs> They're missing what too was much. going on too this weekend? They, how are they going to win without Nick? Yeah. Look, Kansas. I, I'm telling you, Kansas. How is Kansas City going to win without Zach? They have more pieces that haven't put up numbers. The, no, that's false. John Sosa's had a pretty good season so no, far. But, Leo is right, let's, rounding let's, into some form. Um, they got. Um, what's the rookie's name? Acosta. Acosta. Yeah, Acosta. They got him back. Um, they did. They're deeper than Tacoma. How is Tacoma going to win without Nick? All right, so I'm just going to put or, this or Chris or Canales, right? Yeah. So Sosa is probably the only one that's kind of keeping up with Zach. Zach has 31 points from the on on this for the season. Um, John Sosa has 24, and then the next person is 10 points behind him, which is which is Flores. And bef- after that, everyone is at 11 points or less. So I mean, I mean, do you want me to pull up is- Tacoma stats? Yeah, of course, Nick is going to be like, what are we doing? How is that an argument? Like, how is that a measurable that they're, that they're in the same position? Nick Pereira averages three over three points a game. That's that weird. they just get ripped out. I don't know, man. Kansas City, I, I'm not confident in Kansas City. Trust me, I want Kansas City to lose all their games moving forward, but I don't think this is one of them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope for the stars. <laughs> get it? 
everyone thank you for joining wow. this this episode it has been a pleasure we are glad to have brad back we will be joining or we'll be live on thursday guests to be announced um for, for those that are new or returning but aren't subscribed make sure you hit that subscribe button hit that hit that bell icon hit that like button and drop a comment we love comments and for those listening the next day on spotify or any platform you get your podcast hit that follow and leave a rating everyone have yourself a great night enjoy the two days of masl <laughs>